PDF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, Lights tells us about meeting her musical hero. Yeah, I was just beyond myself, so I came in, I actually cleared some life schedules so I could come in. And I had all these things I wanted to say to him, and I just cried. Find out who Lights is talking about in just a few minutes. I think you'll be surprised, actually. I know I was. Uh, but first, we're going to have not only a awful uh, impression, but a song parody as well to kind of tie the two together. But first, as always, fake news. <laughs> And now, fake news with me. As the rover Curiosity tries out more of its tools on Mars, surprises emerge on the red planet. After using the rover to scoop up dirt, scientists saw something unexpected, small bright objects. There are two prevailing theories about what these flecks might be. One is that certain classes of minerals, when broken along a cleavage plane, would have a flat surface that reflects sunlight. Strangely, the cleavage plane was the first thing to distract the rover. Measuring the nation's gay population has been tricky over the years. Those who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender are still subject to social stigma, and many are not comfortable answering questions about their identity. But the largest survey of its kind conducted by Gallup, 3.4% of all Americans identify themselves as part of the LGBT community. While about 23.3% of those said they were part of the LGTB community, meaning they were gays with a particular brand of plasma television. That's an actual number too, by the way. I looked that up. Standing in front of a bleacher consisting entirely of women at George Mason University this past week, President Obama introduced a joking new line of attack designed to paint his GOP opponent's pivot to the center as insincere and deceptive. He's forgetting what his own positions are, said the president, and he's betting that you will too. I think it's called Romnesia, the president said to cheers and laughter. The line was repeated everywhere for the rest of the day, prompting even the president's most ardent supporters to say, okay, okay, you got your laugh, don't milk it. Wasn't even that funny a line. The lack of public appearances in more than a month by the First Lady of North Korea has raised speculation about her fate. Ri Sol Ju, a singer who married North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, customarily has been pictured with her husband during visits to military units, farms, and official ceremonies, the Telegraph newspaper reports. But word from the South Korean media now says Ri has not appeared in public with her husband in over a month. One thought is that the young bride is pregnant and does not yet want it made public. There are reports of her being pictured with a bump on her belly and of possibly having morning sickness. Now, the bump may be a sign of pregnancy, but the bobbing has been normal since she married Kim Jong-un. President Barack Obama has presided over a heyday for the gun industry despite predictions by the National Rifle Association four years ago that he would be the most anti-gun president in American history. Gun buyers feared that Obama wants to restrict their purchases, especially if he's re-elected. Because he's smart, so he's going to wait till his next term and maybe get re-elected, maybe not, and then go with the gun control. An analysis by the Associated Press shows that gun sales are on the rise, so much so that some gun manufacturers can't make enough guns fast enough. Major gun company stock prices are up too. And this just in, Nabisco says Obama will now outlaw cookies. Coke says the president will outlaw soft drinks. And McDonald's says, no, 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 he's going to outlaw Big Macs. So stock up. Several Banana Boat Sun Care products are being taken off the shelves. The maker of the sunscreen products, Energizer Holdings, announced and is initiating a voluntary market withdrawal of the continuous spray product due to a potential safety concern. The product may take longer to dry on the skin, and there is a possibility the product could even ignite. Authorities worked quickly to get the product off shelves in Knoxville, Tennessee, for a few University of Tennessee students who would try to ignite their butts with the sunscreen. And that's been Fake News with me. One thing we didn't discuss in fake news uh, that people found hilarious this week was, of course, uh, Mitt Romney's binder comment at the presidential debates this past week. Uh, Apparently has binders full of women. And the funniest thing I saw actually wasn't a Romney joke. It was a Clinton joke. It was one of these memes 
And it's Bill Clinton coming up behind a podium with that big goofy grin on his face saying, did someone say binders full of women? And, you know, Obama looking disappointed. Whoever photoshopped that did a, did a brilliant job. And while it was an obvious joke, it was executed perfectly. And it was very hilarious. And, uh... Oh, wait, let me uh, grab this. Uh, hello? Uh, PF, uh, Governor Mitt Romney, how are you? Oh, uh, great, Governor. We were just talking about your binder thing. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. You know, I was uh, the reason I was calling, P.F., is because I'm having trouble appearing down to earth and connecting with folks. I thought I'd try doing a wacky song parody on your podcast to explain that binder comment uh, from the debate. Uh, oh, well, that would, that would be awesome, yeah. Uh, what, what song do you need? Uh, Always On My Mind by Willie Nelson. Uh, let me see if I have that here. Are you a big fan of Willie Nelson, by the way? Oh, uh, well, no, I'm not a, really a big fan of Willie Nelson, but I do have several friends who don't pay taxes. Okay, well, uh, you know, I only have the Pet Shop Boys version. It's a little faster than the original. I hope that's okay. Oh, yes, I know the Pet Shop Boys uh, very well. Uh, back in the early days at Bain Capital in the 80s, we'd listen to that first album, I believe it was Please, all the way into the night making deals. Oh, so you're a fan of the Pet Shop Boys? Oh, yes, yes, they're, they're great fellas. Uh, uh, you just want to hold them down and cut their hair. Of course, uh, they have really short hair now, and Chris Lowe always wears that ball cap, so I, I don't know if that would work. All right, well, Mr. Romney, uh, I can have everything queued up here, so are you ready? Ready when you are, BF. Oh, I like that beat, BF. Much peppier than the Willie Nelson version. Maybe I didn't pay you uh, quite as equal as I should have. And maybe I will not grant your Lady Bart's health care that I could have. If I made you feel second rate, now my spin as I was kinder. You were always in my binder. Uh, you were always in my binder. Remember, I didn't hold your schedule between five and nine. And made you flex your hours so you're in the kitchen right on time. I'll save you from Planned Parenthood. Take control of your vagina. You are always in my binder. You are always in my binder. Tell me. Tell me who likes ladies more than me. Give me. One more chance to reverse misogyny. Misogyny. Well, that was a lot of fun, PF. Thank you for doing that. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, I, I could have done without the, 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 the V-word reference. Oh, I thought I would make it more uh, wacky morning zoo style. Uh, yeah, but that's not really what we're about here. But uh, but it was it was a, you did pretty good. I was pretty impressed, especially singing over a phone. Oh yes, it was a little hard to follow there at some points. But uh, again, I, I had a lot of fun. PF. Uh, well, thanks again. Uh, I must be off. <laughs>
Lights, of course, is one of our favorite artists, and we are so happy to have her back on the podcast. She is winding up her North American tour through November, and we will have a link to all those tour dates on the pfradio.podbean.com page. In the meantime, here is our interview with Lights. It's PF. Hey, nice to talk to you again. Nice to talk to you, ma'am. How are you? Good, good. Uh, excellent. Excellent. Yes, we are so excited you're coming to Cincinnati. Oh, I can't wait. I, I love coming back there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are so fun. Yeah, it's um, it, it's going to be huge. Um, let me see. I, I hardly know where to start here. Um, <laughs> well, my daughter is uh, huge fans of uh, you know groups like your ones, your husband. Uh, is in bless the fall. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. We were disappointed we didn't get to see him at uh, the Warped Festival because he was one of the first guys on. Him and his oh, mates. Oh, I know. That's yeah. That's the that's the thing about Warped. You gotta like. You draw straws. First thing, or you'll miss. I remember that when I was a kid. Yeah. Going to Warped to it and waiting in line and hearing my favorite band playing. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, she got there just in time. I think she they uh, bless the fall were just finishing up and she texted me because I hadn't gotten to the show and she goes, we just missed bless the fall. So. Oh, well, make sure he knows. Well, so for that he owes Cincinnati one. <laughs> for those not in the know, um, uh, Lights is now married to uh, Bless the Fall lead singer Bo Bakken. Yes. And how does how does how does a nice how does a nice Canadian synth pop girl like you wind up with a metalcore guy like Bo? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's really. Basically, I'll, I'll lend it over. There's going to be one of those cheesy moments where I bring up one of my songs, but that's what timing is everything is about. It really is. It's a song of Siberia that is kind of about that time we met, and it really could have gone a million different ways, but uh, you're in the right place at the right time, and, and somehow fate happens, and history yeah. happens, and that's the beauty of life. You never know what's coming, and... Then you get a good song out of it, and it's like a double win. Wow, so uh, so there's a little little story behind that song. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're no stranger though to uh, to that kind of music. Uh, I remember reading an alternative press a couple months back that you were in uh, a band in high school called Shovel Face, which is just a, the greatest yeah. name. <laughs> but uh, it was a little rockier than some than what you do now. Yeah, I, I was a guitarist for a metal band, like new metal kind of. We were listening to a lot of like Hatebreed and Mudvayne and Fear Factory and being influenced by that kind of thing. And I remember being very excited because I wasn't singing in it. And huh. it challenged me to become a better musician. You know, I mean, it was fun. We just, we were terrible, but it was fun. <laughs> we would never go anywhere. Thank God nothing's online. Thank God it was before the internet got huge because we, nothing ran up online that people can taunt me with to, to this day. But well, that's cool. <laughs> it huh? was a fun experience. Speaking speaking of timing, eh? Um, so uh, Siberia was uh, doing well for you. The new album. It's pretty it's pretty amazing looking back at the past year. You know, it's been almost exactly a little over exactly a year since the day Siberia was first unleashed, and I, I feel very blessed to look back and see where it's taken me. I mean, we've done I think it's six overseas runs and everything in between here in North America. And I know it's it's amazing. And you see a growth that's slow but so warm and 
these amazing fans that are growing with you, and I was just so happy that I was able to make an album that challenged me and them. And that's yes. what I always wanted to do. Yeah, and I, you didn't want to make the same record twice, um, no. but but for those of us who, who really love the listening, uh, you know, it, it Siberia took a little getting used to, but uh, and now I love that album you know, a lot. So, and I'm not really a big Thank album you. guy. Being a big music guy, it's kind of horrible to admit to people that I'm not really a big album guy. So, for me to like listen to a whole album all the way through. And what's really uh, neat about the listening, of course, is that um, uh, Adam and Owl City brought out Ocean Eyes right about the same time. So that fall of 2009. Yeah, yeah. Is just two great, great albums, and uh, and now we're of course we're in, uh, enjoying Siberia. In fact, uh, my daughter, uh, who we nicknamed, nicknamed Fangirl, uh, Fangirl was on a big toes kick a couple of months back. Is all she was listening oh, to. Oh, nice! Yeah, awesome. And um, I like it. Do you remember that uh, contest that uh, was it in a in a Bata Music? Is that the name of the website where they they made available the tracks for toes, and you could make your own remix, and then you were to submit it. Yeah, that was uh, we we ran in. Uh, and a, a remix contest through Indba and put up stems for four songs. Yeah. And people were to put their stems on it and we narrowed it down to the best each one and put them out on a you know, remix EP available. I think it was strictly digital, but it was awesome. That was just so, it's so cool to see that and see other artists put their spin on it. And um, some of them were insane. Some of them were just entirely different. It does remind you that it is important to put an emphasis on good songwriting underneath it because oh, yeah. you take a good song and do anything with it. That's you know, that's why acoustic songs if a song should be able to be stripped down acoustically and it still shines, you know you've got something there and, and that's the beauty of a remix contest. It's not just the coolest sounds because once you take that away and change it something else, it's not gonna be the same song. So it was nice seeing that and um hearing other people spin on it and what would have happened if I had maybe sat in there with one of these people, or you know, you never know. It's exciting. I didn't have time to enter the contest, but later on, I took the tracks and made my own re- uh, my own remix, which uh, I will try to play after the interview here. But um, nice. Yeah. Which hopefully... remix is it? Uh, yeah, I also put it on SoundCloud, but it is not downloadable. So it's uh, it's on it's on SoundCloud. I called it the uh, I think I called it the Hands and Feet remix or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, that was one of them. Yes, Hands and Feet remix. Yeah, but I, unfortunately, I didn't get in time to be into the contest, but um. And it's not really anything wild. It's, it, it literally is a remix. I like remixes from back in the 80s where they would, like, mix some stuff down and mix some stuff up, or they would just let the keyboards kind of stand alone. And, and you hear things that maybe you didn't hear. And right, exactly. Some of the remixes, they brought the harmonies up a little bit more, and you're kind of like, oh, that's oh, cool. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just weird. Well, I know a lot of people have told me in the past, especially more of electronic people, like uh, orchestra maneuvers and Book of Love and people like that, you'd ask them, you know, are you... Uh, happy with the mix of you know of the album or of the song, and nine out of ten would always be like, now nah. you go back and listen, and you're like, you know, this part should be louder, or this part should be, you know. Yeah, you know. absolutely. That's that's the best thing about music. And I was actually talking about this last night. Um, it's is going back and and looking at what at your past work and knowing what you would have improved on. And and you have to be careful not to look at it with any sense of regret because oh yeah, you wouldn't be where you are without it. But you learn, you learn from it, you know, even even in short term when you're creating a song and the, the way that the song starts versus the way that it is by the end of the night when you've added a bunch of things in, I, I always get a kick out of going going back and like shipping it back to like the original beat and just making fun of it because I'm like, look, listen to how crappy that sounds. How do we even come up with that? But like you wouldn't be where you are at the end of the night if you hadn't come up with that crappy beat at the beginning, but it's just everything wants to the next thing. And, it's funny to be able to look back and just kind of poke fun at it. <laughs> yeah, and there are a lot of bands that, do, that like to go back and remix their stuff and you know release EPs of uh, 
you know, different versions of it, or invite other people, or do both, like uh, OMD did with History of Modern. They um, released an EP with a couple remixes they did, but then they invited some other people to do some remixes. So um, you get a lot of cool oh. stuff that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's also a fun thing is uh, remixing your own tracks. I did that with my boots, which was a one-off, and then I put out a, a one-off remix of it. And it's kind of it's fun after the fact to get another spin on it and, and show your friends what another angle is that you might have approached it from. Well, and yet, I guess live you kind of get a chance to do that too. You might you may be able to rearrange things a little bit, or maybe I don't know if you do this a yeah, lot. I like I like. Absolutely. Do you ever like? Because um, I've only seen you live uh, in person uh, once, uh, opening for Adam. But uh, do you ever like change? You know the different the sounds uh, of the different synth lines and things like that. Cause I like when electronic bands do that. And a lot of them I think seem to resist it because, especially the older ones, because they they think that people want to hear it the way it was on the record. Yeah. And there is a certain amount of that. I mean, you want to stay true to the way that a song is. Because I know I've gone to shows and someone changes it so much that I'm just frustrated. I'm like, no, I want to hear, I want to hear the song I know. You know, so there is a certain amount of self-restraint you have to do when it comes to like ad-libbing live. But otherwise, that is one of the most fun things about doing a show is being able to to do some different things and do some interludes and extend the song and change the sound. And one of the one of the main reasons behind that is that. You know, we're working with the synths that we have live, and, and sometimes we're not the same ones that are on the record. Um, so that sometimes almost makes it better and, and bigger and richer. So our live sound is, like, really energetic, and, and largely due to, to my band, and they're, they're amazing. They, they play their stuff well. They take the parts and make them their own. So you're coming to see something that's, a, like, uh, a beefed-up version of the record, and, and it's, it's starting to really influence me to get excited for the next record and do more of that kind of thing on it, you know? But, um, yeah, I definitely have fun with that live. It's, it's a great thing. So you, the, the band is uh, you and still two other people? Uh, it's actually, we have uh, four people in the band now. It's the four oh, of us. Oh, cool. We, ha- we invited a new member into the band last summer. He's awesome. His name's Aaron Grant. He's great. He plays keyboards, guitar, and theremin. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah. Love the theremin. Uh, for folks who don't know what the theremin is, listen to the beginning of uh, Good Vibrations. Yes. By the Beach yes. Boys, which actually it, is not a theremin. It's like a soft whistle, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Although I found out <laughs> that that's not a... I found out that's not really a theremin at the beginning of uh, Good Vibrations. It's something that was similar to a theremin that you actually drag your finger over, or the theremin you wave your hand over. Yeah, we call it, we call it playing the stick. Now, there's... <laughs> Um, here, another fun bit of trivia I didn't know until uh, like last year was that, and I don't know if this is still the case, but is Gian Gomeshi still your manager? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh, I, going on 11 years now. I remember him from Moxie Fruvis, and I didn't realize it was the same guy, and he now he hosts a, yeah. he hosts a huge he's show. Got, he's got a breadth of history and knowledge and, and wisdom to impart upon me. He's, yeah. he's wonderful, and yeah, oftentimes every now and then I'll have a fan coming to my shows who have in the past collected all of the... Moxie service pair me out the like fan mail and stuff and they they made all that so they were very interactive with their fans but back then there was no internet so they had to make all these um hand built newsletters they printed and they actually oh, yeah. mailed out the fans like fifteen thousand letters that they would put stamps on and mail out. So that's uh, you know, dedication to fans on another level and it's awesome and it, it reminds me of now only it's a lot easier. So it reminds me of how poor fans that I can just email blast out and not have to Stamp and lick and stamp $15 envelopes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's four of them, so that uh, 
you know, at least they could divide up the workload a little bit. Um, yeah, and he hosted, he hosted a huge radio show uh, in Canada that's also available here in the U.S. Uh, via Public Radio International called Q, which is a, a very fine program I'd recommend to people. And right now, people outside of Canada, now. people outside of Canada listening to this are going, what? Who? Who? As, <laughs> I, as you remember, it's I'm... It's definitely a show worth listening to. In fact, he's had some of the greatest musical guests on it, and one of them is, I'm a huge fan of it, Phil Collins, and he had Phil Collins on the show. This was probably a couple of years ago, and he knew how much a fan of Sakons I am, so he invited me in to watch the interview and meet him. Oh. And I was beyond myself, so I came in. I actually cleared some of my schedule so I could come in, and I had all these things I wanted to say to him. And I met Sakons, and I just cried <laughs> like a ten-year-old. It was <laughs> terrible, but that's um, my story. And I'm embarrassed, but that's my story with Sakons. I just I couldn't say anything. I just cried. Never had time for Phil Collins, but then um, uh, on This American Life, one of the writers uh, told the story about how her and her boyfriend started liking Phil Collins, ironically, as a joke, but then seriously got into him. They broke up, and of course, she turned to the Phil Collins catalog of music she had to kind of take comfort and wound up interviewing him. And when she interviewed him, a whole new perspective of the guy, totally respect the guy now. Because that uh, second album he made, or was it the first one, that all those, you know, emotional songs, exactly. those were all real. That's like, yeah, yeah, and I knew he'd gotten divorced around that time, but, I, but you think, ah, oh, well, you know, you look at Sting, you know, Sting he, just he uses as a marketing tool. Greatest but, songs. Yeah. Man, he's such a great, and he uh, influenced my songwriting a lot, just in terms of bearing raw emotion, and you could hear that in those songs. I will try to link to the uh, that NPR, or the um, This American Life episode, uh, where yeah. folks can find that, but because it's uh, it's really very cool. So, um, oh, I like that. So, um, speaking of, you were saying, uh, you know, f- for the next album, you kind of teased that. Uh, when are we looking at the next album? I know you're on the road constantly, so it's gonna be a hard time yeah, squeezing that's, that in. Yeah, that's the issue. So this this tour we're gearing up for um, coming up is our last tour of the year, and uh, it's been a long year of touring. So I'm ready to, you know, start working on new stuff, and I'm very excited about it. So. Um, yeah, after the tour, we're going to delve in and, and start making new stuff. Exciting. Do you have any ideas that you've come up with? You've kind of just like, you know, recorded and put aside and said, well, you know, come, that's a nice riff or a melody and we'll just come back to that and... and... My, uh, my Blackberry voice notes is filled. All right. Oh, cool. All right. And, uh, any chance you'll be, uh, uh collaborating with your husband on anything? I don't know. I think, uh, who knows? I mean... It would be really, really fun. We have our entire lives to work on something, so who knows? Probably something is going to happen eventually. But uh, at this point, we're barely seeing each other as it is, so it would be a challenge to like co- organize a collaboration. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I guess yeah, he's on the road a lot uh, too. Yeah, thankfully, him and I are both on a similar record cycle, so like they'll be touring the same pile that we were, and then as we move into record mode, that's going to be the same for them too. So have you convinced him to move to Canada then when you guys finally uh, were able to put down your bags or are you going to... He actually has, yeah. He, he recently oh, got a new place October 1st huh. in Toronto. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. I was just uh, speaking of your buddy Gian. Uh, would Sam the Record Man passed away a, a couple of weeks ago yeah. and he had that, that lovely yeah. essay. On him. And boy, that brought back some memories going to, driving up from Cleveland and Pittsburgh to that store in Toronto on Yonge Street. And the, the best, absolutely the best. Yeah, the border guards thinking we were crazy because we were coming to Canada to buy records and they didn't believe us. <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah, we're coming. Yeah, to... the border guards were like, I don't believe you. Why were you there? Cheap, cheap Sam, imports. Sam the recommend was awesome. The, oh, I remember when I first made a try, I was still open for maybe two years, and I 
going there all the time. I mean, it's like, it's like going into a music music. There's just a plethora of music. I mean, you have to spend a good amount of time in there before you find anything that you can narrow down to choosing. But oh, yeah. if you read, uh, Gion just, just put a book out, and it's awesome. It's kind of a buzz life, and all okay. told uh, through, uh, the chapters are based on songs from 1982. And oh, wow. he talks about some in there, and how he used to take the bus from, like, he lived, outside, he lived in Thornhill outside of Toronto. He took the bus in to, like, find a record that's in the record. It's definitely worth reading. It's called 1982. I'm like, I'm like, so long, but great. <laughs> okay, well, we'll, uh, really we'll definitely link to that uh, as well. In fact, I'm trying to think, in my button collection somewhere, I, I know I have a Sam the Record Man button somewhere. Oh yes, you need to wrap that up to Cincinnati show when you come. I will. I'll try to. I'll try to dig that up. I got to find where my button collection is. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we will uh, see you uh, in uh, Cincinnati, ma'am. And I guess um, you'll be doing some sort of uh, meet and greet, I'm sure. With, uh, yeah, with I'd the yeah, I'd love fans. that. Definitely love to see you. And, and see if you can find that in the recommend and I'll take a picture of it. Cool. And then, of course, uh, for folks um, all around the country, is it still a, a deal where Jeremy the Bug uh, leaves some kind of a clue for a fan meet and greet? Are you still doing that? Yes. Okay. So there is. I'm working, we're working on some cool campaigns, ramp, ramping up to a first street teamers and things like that, ramping up to the tour. So, um, yeah, keep your eyes peeled. We're, we're going to announce some stuff in the next couple of days. Okay, cool. And the best place to find that, is that on the Facebook page or the I Am Lights website? It's going to be on everything. Like, we'll, okay. we'll make sure it's, it's obvious. Okay, cool. So uh, I think for now, folks, I would just direct you to uh, Lights' Facebook page, and then from there, uh, Jeremy's pretty good at uh, directing the fans where they need to go for all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Facebook.com slash Lights. All right, ma'am. Um, well, we will see you uh, in mid-November here in Cincinnati. Sounds good. Can't wait. All right. Thanks, Lights. See you there. Bye. Finger ending. I'm the one that doesn't know anything. Like you make by an a ring. I am always gonna be looking right to you. Oh, we capture my attention. Carefully listening. Don't wanna miss a thing. Keeping my
P.F.'s Hands and Feet remix of Toes by Light, something I'm probably not supposed to play on the podcast, but I just did anyway. So if I have to go back and edit that out, you'll know why. All right, Lights is on tour through November, as we said earlier. Coming up, she is in San Francisco on October 26th at Great American Music Hall, in San Diego the next night at Soma, and on October 28th, she is in Los Angeles at the Fonda Theater. Then, of course, again, all through November, she has dates. You can find those at music.iamlights.com. Indeed, you can find all things Lights at that web address. And, of course, we will have everything on the Podbean page here, pfradio.podbean.com. All the links for all the stuff I'm going to talk about here. Jeff Tate, Josh Sneed, and Drew Hastings, for example, are doing a benefit show for Trumpet Behavioral Health. Uh, That is up in Fairborn, Ohio, but the benefit is at the MVP Sports Bar and Grill in Silverton, Ohio, which is in suburban Cincinnati, and that is on Monday, November 5th. For information on that, just go to brownpapertickets.com and type in the code 285610. Underbelly, which is a show featuring Cincinnati-area comics doing improv, sketch, and some music. It's been around for a couple of years. It is doing its last show at the new Southgate House on Tuesday, October 23rd in Newport, Kentucky. Most of the comics in that show are moving to either New York, Chicago, or Los Angeles. So they're all uh, off to bigger and better things and a very talented group of folks. And some of them have been on this very podcast, as a matter of fact. Always in My Binder, the song parody, was written by John Bunyan. PFT Recorder logo by Dan Coble. Follow him at Tiger Dactyl, just how it sounds, on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. Music for PF's tape recorder was composed by John Veropoulos with a little help from me. Performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. I think that is all the business we have at hand for this episode, other than to say so long and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.